They work past the 400 metre marker and look at Jewel Melody here. 28-4 third quarter. She keeps building on the pressure. This lead margin, I would say about 55 metres. Charlie Rose in second. Away we go yet to come off a helmet. Still in third spot. Then O'Kane's Devil. Millie Francis. The Trotter What's Up Majestic to the outside. But it's all Jewel Melody here. And this is an absolute space job. It is careering away for an easy victory. And Jewel Melody is going to win by the best part of 50 metres. Charlie Rose will Yeah, very smart horse. Just one of many smart horses racing at Albion Park on Saturday night. Good morning to Chris Sparsby. How are you, Chris? I'm well, Steve. Good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Yeah, tell Looking me about this filly, Jewel Melody. Yeah, well, she's a dual Group 1 winner already this season, Steve. She was able to take out the Bathurst Gold Tiara. She was able to take out the APG final last time out in Sydney. And that, in fact, was her final start that she's had. So that was back on April 30. That trial was last week, so Tuesday, week ago. So uh, very impressive filly. She's going to start a clear favourite. She's installed as a short price favourite with Tab right now. Those fixed odds markets are available, and that race has been um, brought back to a field of four now, unfortunately, which is a little disappointing. I thought they would have got a lot more interest for that feature on Saturday night, but uh, she's she's the headline act. There's no doubt about it. So. One of a few really smart paces in the care of Bernie Hewitt during this Brisbane campaign. So why the small field, Chris? Obviously, you know, we're all looking about tweaking things in the future and so on. Why just the, obviously, you mentioned five acceptances, uproars out now, so just the four in a, a race, a group three race. Why do you think that's the case? It's a good point, Steve, and I'm not sure what the answer is to that question because uh, we've had a number of two-year-old races so there's plenty of talent available. Many were expecting Tardelli to start after winning that Group 1 feature here at Redcliffe last week. But maybe just with that noise about and with this filly being here, maybe it just scared off a few of the locals. And uh, that's why we've got such small numbers. The, the locals are probably starting to look ahead. They've got their big triad night coming up in, uh, in uh, August 20, I think it is. So just over a month or so away now for that big knife. So maybe they're just starting to focus on those features. And as a result, this race uh, has just fallen away, which is which is disappointing because when you look at the role of honour, it's, uh, it's a very strong race. We've had a lot of good talent uh, win this race. And uh, yeah, it's just a little disappointing that we've only got such a small field there on Saturday night. Mm, of course, that's the radio tab. Wayne Wilson, Powerface, Adios Classic. And we look forward to seeing Jewel Malady. Nathan Jack is with us, Chris. Nathan, good morning. Good morning, Chris. Uh, let's talk about this star mare, Ladies in Red. She had her first, uh, well, her final hit out, I should say, in lead up to next week's Rising Sun. This came on Monday night at Melton. She was able to win that trial in 52.8. It was over the sprint trip, 1,720 metres. Talk us through this trial on Monday night. Uh, yeah, Chris, she drew out wide uh, in a strong field. Obviously, they're all stable mates. And um, Beyond Delight and Joanna, horses like them, Majita. Uh, she just worked her way to the front and just ran along pretty even. Um, got home pretty slippery and just done it effortlessly, really. Um, and I don't really like to look too much into the time, so I'd more rather look at the opposition and how she beat them. and That gives me a bit, bit better of a guide. OK, well, at the line, the official margin was five metres, half and 54.5, last quarter, 26.9. Were you under instructions to give her a solid hit out uh, in that trial on Monday night? Oh, not really. We did, obviously we needed to do, to do a little bit more last week. We just had a quiet trial and sat her in, and I think they said she ran home in 53-4 or something like that and just kept following the pegs. But, um, this week she sort of had to do a little bit more early and um, 
No, I think they just wanted a nice trial, and um, she done that pretty good, really. Okay. Is she ready to go, then, for, for Saturday week's Group 1 feature? Oh, I reckon she would be, Chris. Yeah, she pulled up uh, enormous. She wouldn't blow. Um, she's in the right camp. I'm sure if there's any improvement in her, they'll, they'll have it there the next week, that's for sure. Nathan, we talk about her a lot on the show just because of her record and so on. Can you explain to our listeners what she is like? How she built this ladies in red? Oh, she's probably not what most people expect. She's only a little filly, but she's um, just a solid little filly, but there's not a whole lot of her. She's, uh, she's always been a little filly from day dot, but she's just got a great stride on her and she just it's unbelievable that everything you throw at her, she just answers to, and it's crazy. Like, I obviously sat back and watched David Brand drive her a lot, and she just was putting good fillies away and making them look ordinary, and she just does it so easy. It's it's unbelievable. She doesn't wear much gear either, does she, Nathan? Nah, she doesn't wear much at all. Just a little set of dollies, no head check or anything like that. Real basic. Okay. So she hasn't started since May 7. She's had a couple of trials now and she goes into a Group 1 race. A lot of people are a bit sceptical, but we know that Leap to Fame, the star local three-year-old, he's doing the same thing. He's going to tackle that Group 1 Rising Sun fresh up. But just knowing that, you know, she's from this stable, it, it just must fill you with a great deal of confidence. Oh, for sure. You know, like we, we sit here and say, oh, people are questioning, but Grant Dixon's one of the leading trainers for 100 years and no disrespect to him, not, obviously not 100 years, but for a long time, and, and Emma Stewart's the same, and, and they're both doing it. So um, there's no right or wrong. It's just what suits the horse, and I'm sure if they thought it wasn't right, they wouldn't be doing it. Okay. We know that the three-year-olds are going to draw gates one and two, so that's Leap to Fame and a rip. Which order, we're not sure yet. That will be de- uh, determined on Monday night. You're likely to come up with three. Are, are you comfortable with that as the driver? Ah, uh, Yeah, I am. She's got pretty good gate speed, and... Um, I'd like to think that most of them would be pretty happy to sit on there. Like I know it's not sort of Rip's usual racing pattern, but we're up to we're yet to see him race the the real real good ones yet. And uh, he was sort of a bit disappointing the other day; and never handled the track. So there's a bit of a query on that where where the form stacks up. But ladies in red, she's a year older than him. I know she's racing the boys for the first time, but you've seen a horse like Beyond Delight who's been there and done it, and he trialled against her the other day. I know he had a bit of a different trip than her, but it just, I think it's just a good sign to see how she'll measure up. Okay. Do you have any concerns with her going up against the boys for the first time? Uh, no, I don't, Chris. No. no. Okay. Comparisons are being made, as per normal, with these good horses. They're putting her in the class of tailor-made Lombo. But for you, and you've sat behind a lot of good horses, where does she sit right now? Um, yeah, she's right up there with them, Chris. She's probably... You know, like, been lucky enough to drive horses like I'm the Mighty Queen and horses like them. And I'm not saying she's an I'm the Mighty Queen, but gee, she's probably the best filly I've seen since since I've been heavily involved in the harness racing industry anyway and, and definitely active in it. And um, to be lucky enough to sit behind is a, a real pleasure. Nathan, and she's, she's never finished further back than second, has she? Uh, no, I don't think so. No, I hope it doesn't change next week. That's Bit of sure. pressure? Oh, no, that's OK. <laughs> But what about last year? Amazing Dream won the inaugural edition of The Rising Sun. And not downplaying her credentials, but Ladies in Red's credentials are better than what Amazing Dreams were at the same point going into this race. Yeah, for sure. And I'd, once again, I don't mean to be disrespectful to Amazing Dream. She's she's a great mare. But I think Ladies in Red's every bit as good, if not better than her at the same stage, that's for sure. Mm. Have you heard, is it just a, a one-run target with her? Is it just the rising sun? Are they tempted to start 
And then the Golden Girl the following week against her own sex. Do they look at the Blacks of Faith? Has there been any more talk past the rising sun? Um, it's been mentioned. I think she'll probably stay for the mayor's race, depending on how she pulled up. I couldn't imagine them racing her in the Blacks of Faith. I don't think uh, they'd do that to her just yet. But it's up to them, you know. If she, if she run a monster race and pulled up great, then that they, they might. I'm not too sure. But there has been talk about the mayor's race, yeah. Okay. Now, beyond Delight, the stable, mate, there's talk that he's going to be coming up as well. Does he loom as, as the main threat in your eyes? Oh, he's got to be a threat, no doubt about that. But every horse in it's going to be hard to beat. You know, it's going to be a real strong field. Um, Grant Dixon's three-year-old leap the fame like he was huge in Sydney. It's a bit of a step up, I know, for a three-year-old. But um, sort of, I think they're all going to be quality horses and they're going to get the barrier draw, the three-year-olds. But I wouldn't be swapping my drive, that's for sure. Mm. Can a three-year-old win it? We saw Crew get run over last year. Can can Leap the Fame or, or Rip do it this year? Oh, they probably can, but I don't know if they will this year. They'll, they'll, I think they'll need the right runs, that's for sure. Okay. Now, your dad's got a couple of nice ones as well. Springing his step is going along really well. Is there a possibility that he could be amongst nominations for the Rising Sun? He'll be nominated, Chris, yeah, and I think they're pretty hopeful that he'll get a start. But like I say, it's going to be a quality field and hard to get around. But he, he's a strong horse, but he probably can't make his own luck against them ones. But if he was to be lucky enough to get a good draw, I'm sure he'd run a good race. His recent form is super. Yeah, he's uh, he's a very strong horse, and he's he's raced at the elite level his, his whole career. So, um, yeah, it'd be a little bit disappointed if he doesn't get a run, but I think... Uh, if he's lucky enough to get a run, I'm sure he'll run a good race. Yeah, well, last, I think it was last start, he chased home Rock and Roll Do, who has since won again. So that form line's been franked. And they, they've ruled themselves out, Rock and Roll Do, which is a little bit surprising, but uh, each to their own. The other one for your dad, line up. Is there a possibility that he could be headed this way as well? Uh, we'll just wait and see how he trials tonight, Chris. He was only just OK last week at the trials. Um, he was, he was okay, but only just okay. But we'll go again this week and see how we go and make up little changes. And uh, hopefully he's a bit sharper this week and then we'll decide after that. Okay. All right. Well, the main uh, the news and the most important news, ladies in red, you're happy, you're satisfied that she's 100% ready to go for next week? Yeah, I'm 100% satisfied and I've got full support in the team and, and I've got a lot of faith in the horse. So that's all we can ask for. If she finds the top, Nathan, like you think she might, well, it's going to take a good one to get past her if you can get a bit of a breather. Oh, I can't see anything getting past her if she's in front, that's for sure. Have you booked your flights? <laughs> Not yet. I'd better do that. <laughs> I'm told that they're arriving Friday morning, so the day before the race. Have you heard that? I might beat the horses there. I need a holiday. <laughs> well, the, uh, weather, yeah, the weather's gone. The day before. Yeah, okay, well, the weather's right. pretty ordinary here, so I won't have to be real good to beat it here. Well, we're expected to get a little bit of rain across the weekend, so it might turn out better. You can come up and clear that uh, rain away and uh, be set for a... Uh, a lovely night next Saturday night. Really appreciate the time, Nathan, and uh, look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks very much. Can't wait to Getting be Getting serious appreciate now. It. It's Joanna ahead in front of Ladies and Red is about to level up. Third treachery. Rogue Wave travels up okay. Fourth and they get away from the others. Off the back straight in 27.3 and Ladies and Red went up to hit the lead now. Ladies and Red put ahead in front. On the inside Joanna. Rogue Wave to the outside. Then came treachery. Ladies and Red the leader. Rogue Wave two metres away. Then came Joanna. It's Ladies and Red fighting. She's finding plenty. Oh, she's a star. She does 
does it again. Ladies in red first, road waveless. Mobile rolling on Radio Town. Our next guest, Chris Leonard Kane. Yeah, well, I wanted to check in with uh, Leonard after that uh, nasty spill that uh, occurred before the running of race number three on Tuesday afternoon. That was the two-year-old race. They were just coming out of their pre-race circle, starting to score up, and uh, things just went pear-shaped and quickly. number of uh, drivers dislodged. A uh, number of drivers were, were down and out. Uh, Leonard Kane being one of those. I think Mark Ducks was down for a while. Mark got up, was able to walk from the track unassisted. Leonard needed some medical attention. So I just wanted to find out what the latest was with Leonard. He joins us now. Leonard, appreciate the time. No problems at all, Chris. Thank you. How are you feeling? Uh, yeah, pretty sore and sorry at the moment. But um, hopefully I'm on the mend. Um, sort of obviously went to the hospital there on Tuesday and got released late Tuesday night. Um, got cleared of any breaks or serious injuries. So I've come out of it pretty lucky, really. Okay, because it... it it looked nasty, and um, it, it was just one of those freak accidents that took place, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, like you say, it all happened quickly, and um, I sort of got thrown into the middle of it all in the end. So I sort of thought I'd pulled up in time, and then that one came over the top of me late and um, ended up sort of getting thrown into the track and underneath Peter McMullen's horse, and, um, yeah, pretty sore, and... Yeah, what an idea, that's for sure. So just explain to the listeners, what, what actually happened? As I said, they were coming out of their pre-race circles, just starting to score up, and obviously one just shied or took fright, and it was almost like a domino effect to those to the inside, and it was just one one uh, one after another, they all sort of just crashed and banged into one another. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Like, obviously, it all happened pretty quickly, but um, sort of from where I was, it looked like the five-horse uproar just sort of, might have shied off the mobile or something to the outside of the mobile and um, took a left-hand turn pretty quickly. And with everybody being in a line, scoring up, just sort of, like you say, it was a domino effect. Um, all those runners for the inside got, sort of got checked and most of them came down and no one was able to stop quick enough. So, um, yeah, so it ended up pretty nasty. Yeah. Would I be right in saying that the damage that was caused to you and your body was by the horse. We only had the one horse off the second row. So was that the one that did the damage to you because it basically just ploughed straight into the back of you? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think that would be fair to say, you know, like obviously everybody was moving quite quickly trying to get up to the gate and um, that horse, the Seamies, uh, sort of, it was keen the week before when it raced. So I think with everybody having to jam up so quickly, you know, as you can see now that I've seen the replay, um, Shane made all efforts to pull his one up, but just sort of was pulling against nothing. And um, with it all happening, I don't think he would have been able to stop in time anyway. But um, he sort of just, yeah, ended up crashing into the back of me. And I think that's where I sort of felt as though I might have got knees or um, the chest of the horse behind me into my back. And that's what sort of thrown me out of my sulky and into the middle of the fall. So were you winded like almost immediately? Uh, I wasn't really winded. I sort of just hit the ground and scud along underneath Peter's horse and then climbed my way out. And at the time, with all the adrenaline, I didn't think I was too bad. I was sore in my right hip, but um, it didn't take long for the adrenaline to wear off. And I sort of realised that my lower back was in a hell of a lot of pain. And that's when I sort of made my way to the inside and laid down and started to be attended to. Did you fear the worst? 
Uh, I did, to be honest, because I've, I've never felt pain like that before, you know, like I sort of, yeah, all the shock sort of wore in and I got the shakes and got very lightheaded and, um, yeah, I sort of didn't know what was going on. I just knew that there was excruciating pain in my lower back. Mm. So you would have been so relieved when the doctors uh, cleared you at the hospital saying there was no fractures, no breaks or anything like that. Yeah, oh, for sure, yeah. It was um, it was great news, obviously, and a lot of pain. But um, when they sort of come and said all the scans and came back clear, I, it was a massive weight off my shoulders, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, not only because of, you know, the accident, but just with the timing, because, like, we're right on the on the cusp of the carnival right now, so you don't want to be out of action during the carnival. And, and most importantly, you're due to get married next month. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And, um it all sort of come at a bad time, but like I say, um, I think in the end I've ended up pretty lucky. So, yeah. would have would have scared the uh, the life out of Beth. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, she um, she beat me to the hospital, so um, no, she she was quite stressed out, but everybody was very relieved um, when we got the good yeah. news. All right, so you're out of hospital. Uh, you were discharged that same night, which is great. No breaks, no fractures, anything like that. When do you return to action? Just looking at the fields across the weekend, you're down to drive uh, tomorrow and Saturday. So are you going to fulfil those engagements? Um, yeah, if possible. I've got a physio appointment and a doctor's appointment this afternoon. So um, all going well. I'm hoping to be back to work in the races tomorrow and um, hopefully we can kick back into it. All right. Well, you've got the drive on just a bit noisy in the DJA series, so I'm sure you want to stick with him as well because uh, he's, he's going more than well enough to be a real force in that series. For sure, yeah. No, he's flying, so um, definitely, yeah, I want to sort of be back to hopefully get in through that heat and into the final and hopefully we can have a little bit of luck. All right. Well, fingers crossed that you get that uh, news that you uh, are chasing uh, later today with those uh, doctor's appointments with the physio and, and the doctor as well. But uh, just great news that there was no major damage and uh, hopefully hopefully you will be back driving this weekend, which would be a miracle in itself. Yeah, that's right, for sure. No, I, I appreciate everybody's concern and calls and messages. It's been overwhelming with support. So, um, yeah, very fortunate in the end and hopefully we can be back at it tomorrow. Thanks Leonard. Leonard Kane joining us on a Mobile Rolling. Chris, it's remarkable and we, we, we sit staring at this market for the rising sun for ages. Yourself, Darren Clayton and I and Ladies in Red was $14 and even myself looking at it thinking, well I know her record that she hasn't finished further back than second. We're all staring at it for ages. Well, now she's the force 50 favourite you know, to win that Ladies in Red. Um, to win the there, rising there sun next article. week, Ladies in Red. Yeah. There was an article posted earlier this week, Steve, and uh, I think Grant Dixon was quoted, and, and he basically came out and said that Leap to Fame was a false favourite, in his opinion, which was mm. quite, you know, well, not alarming, but um, it, it was just brutal honesty, and uh, that's the way Grant mm. called it. So but what's the deal with him? Because I'm sure it was a few months ago we are all sort of expecting him to appear, and it's just been delayed and delayed, hasn't it? Um, leap to fame. Well, they, they decided to give him a break, Steve. They, they elected to bypass that APG series, uh, which is stablemate one, Tim's a trooper, because they felt that that was the best time to get a break into leap to fame because the back end of the year is going to be so busy. So they're starting with the, the carnival now, the rising sun. They've got the Queensland derby, and then they've got all of the features down south as well. So he's eligible for race series like the Breeders' Challenge, the Victoria derby, Breeders' Crown. So there's a lot coming up at the back end of the year. So they felt... That was the best time to give him a break. And, uh, they, you know, they decided to stick with that plan. They've carried out that plan. 
So he's going to go into that race fresh. He's had two trials. Uh, he trialled on Monday, finishing second in his most recent trial. So he'll go into that race fresh, just like ladies in red. 7.50 leap to fame. And as I mentioned, ladies in red, $4.50 with tab for the rising sun. Nathan Purden, Chris. Nathan, good morning. Good morning, Chris. How are you? I'm really well. Uh, Amore Vita, brilliant again on Saturday night, absolutely dominating her rivals to take out the regular votes. Whilst we're talking about the rising sun, how much talk has there been about throwing in a nomination or has that just been scuttled straight away? You won't even be tempted about putting in a nomination for the rising sun next week. <laughs> well, it's probably a, um, it's always a race you're a little bit tempted to do, but uh, probably um, for for her um, at the stage of, of her racing career and everything like that, she's probably just 12 months too early. Um, she's she's a big girl that's, um, you know, she's she's come a long way. Um, she had a little bit of a break, obviously, but, uh, you know, from when I got it to now, she's come a long way and she's uh, pulled out a lot in that time and uh, she's sort of just starting to develop um, into the horse she can be. So uh, she's probably still yet 12 months away. Okay, so... What about the temptation, 300000 plus an extra 100 if a three-year-old can win it, and you would draw barrier one being a three-year-old filly. Is that tempting? Yeah, well, obviously, the, I mean, everyone, uh, the money's right up there, so, um, you know, it's certainly something to, to think about. But, um, yeah, at this stage, um, as good as the, the temptation is to be there, I think, um, you know, it's probably the, the wrong thing to do by the horse at this stage. So, um, at the moment, I think, We'll, we'll stick to the, the two oaks um, runs and, and uh, try to tackle them. Okay. The inaugural edition of Rising Sun last year, you trained the winner, Amazing Dream. Is there any sort of comparison between Amore Vita and Amazing Dream? And if you didn't win it last year, would that temptation be a lot stronger to throw Amore Vita into the Rising Sun? Oh, well, it just shows you how, how good you have to be, really. Um, you know, amazing Dream's one of the best mares I think um, Australasia just about ever seen. Um, she, she was a phenomenal horse, and her record spoke for herself. And um, you know she she'd been there and done that. Uh, obviously a four-year-old when she when she tackled that race, so she's a year older than what Amora Vita is now. Um, so to, to have that base underneath you and um, and to just sort of travel around and um, and everything like that, I think. Amazing Dream was a, a complete racehorse um, at the time. Uh, you know, Amora Vita shows a lot of qualities, and um, you know she's probably point-to-point -point speed um, quite a bit faster than Amazing Dream. Um, she's she's on the right path to to be up there um, and be you know a very very serious horse. She's very good now, but uh, I think in in time she could be a little bit better again. So um, you know she's we know how good you have to be to win the race, obviously, um, and to tackle on a, such a strong field and, and you know, more or less open-class horses. Those four-year-olds are, are very tough to uh, tough to beat when they get outside you, uh, like Krube showed us last year. You know, um, you know he's, a, he's a great horse. I worked alongside him for, for a long time and uh, obviously in partnership with Cran. And, um, you know, he was a, a really, really good horse but uh, just left him a bit unstuck and... Just after the race, it just took a little bit of the edge off him. So uh, it's probably the, um, the following decision uh, of why, probably why she wouldn't go in there. Okay. So 
that being said, uh, what about this year? Ladies in red, we were just talking with Nathan. Jack, you've raced against ladies in red. How good is this mare, in your opinion? Oh, she's a great horse. Um, she really is. She's, she's got it all. Um, she, she's got a, a huge heart. She tries really hard. Um, there's no doubt Clayton and, and them will have it uh, 100% on the day. Um, I'm sure fitness won't be an issue for her. Um, but, you know, to, to tackle the, the boys, it's the first time she has done that. Uh, I think it's a, a really big ask. Um, you know, no doubt she's she's shown she's good enough to, to be in the race and be more than competitive. But, um, you know, it is going to be a very tricky race. Mm. But can she do in an amazing dream and win it? Oh, I wouldn't, definitely wouldn't say she can't anyway. Um, yeah, it's, uh, as I say, it's not going to be um, not going to be very easy for her at all, but she's definitely got the qualities there and, uh, you know, she's got the right the right trainers and driver in the, in the part on the night. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure uh, I'm sure she'll be um, make a presence felt anyway. Okay. Just back to your filly, Amore Vita. Do we see her before the South East Oaks or is that all she's got left, the South East Oaks and the Queensland Oaks? Do you look at giving her a run again next week? I don't think so. I think if um, if anything, I might just sort of try to give her a private run somewhere just to uh, just to sort of tune her up a little bit more. Um, probably a week out from from that race, um, if I think she needs it. But at the moment, she's she's uh, looking really good and she seems well. So uh, yeah, I'm really happy with where she's at. Okay. Uh, track record uh, run for a three-year-old filly at 22.80 last week. So uh, that, that was a long-standing record. So she obliterated that uh, quite comfortably. So, and, and Chris Alford, he'll, he'll come back and drive her in those Oaks features or does Cam Hart stay aboard? Uh, I'd say Chris will be, um, he'll be back. It takes something pretty serious for Chris not to be back on. He was a little bit gutted. He had to miss the drive to, uh, to drive Queen Alita, but um, no, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure he'll be back on those two nights. All right, excellent. Really appreciate the time, Nathan. Uh, great stuff so far with Amore Vetti. Can't wait to see her in those two Oaks features coming up as well. No, it's all, Chris. There's Nathan Purden joining us, Steve. So Amore Vita, it's a no, which I, you know, I can understand, but uh, the temptation must be strong, uh, given how good she is. And, uh, you know, if she's sitting leaders back three fans, I think she'd be a threat, a real threat. Mm. We're about to talk about uh, WA harness racing, and I know we touched on it earlier in the week, but Magnificent Storm just continues on his winning way. One first up in the gloom, Chris in the rain, and he got the job done again. And remarkable odds, really, with a horse, of, you know, with a, a record like him. He was $4 at Gloucester last Friday night, and, of course, everyone was on, or well, most punters, jumping Jack Mack, which was the, the two's-on chance. And Matty Young's going to join us in a moment. Uh, what, did, what was your assessment of jumping Jack Mack in that race, Chris? Oh, he was disappointing, Steve. There's no doubt about it. Uh, maybe that step up to the, the true open class level just found him out a little bit. He had the right barrier draw. He starts again tomorrow night in the open, and again he comes up at barrier one. There is no magnificent storm tomorrow night, but he does come up against uh, Chicago Bull. Interestingly, Junior sticks with jumping Jack Mack, so Kellen Savalco, who partnered Chicago Bull last week, retains the drive. So thought that was a little interesting. I just thought with that run under his belt, Chicago Bull, that may have swayed the Junior to go his way, but he's sticking with jumping Jack Mack. I know the stable have a huge opinion of jumping Jack Mack. They think he's a, a cups horse for the future, so I'm not surprised entirely there. The other highlight tomorrow night, Steve, Labra Joe's back in action. Uh, first up from that uh, long break, he goes around in the race prior to the free-for-all, so he's in race four. 
and he draws gate one. He's had a couple of recent trials, so he's said to be a, a clear favourite there tomorrow night. I know he's one of Matty Young's favourites, and he joins us now, Chris. Good day, Matty. Morning, boys. Morning, boys. Magnificent storm, firstly. Uh, he, he was awesome last week. He was, uh, 100%. Uh, he has done that before. I mentioned on my show on Tuesday over here in the West that uh, reminded me of a similar race uh, season a bit ago where he sat outside Minstrel and everyone expected Minstrel just to be able to win, myself included. And he just put the hammer down and really showed what he's capable of. And we, we saw that again the other day. Uh, there has been talks that he was sort of behind the eight ball the whole way through his last preparation. They had a few issues with him, soreness issues, and so the whole time he was in, it was just a patch-up job to try and get him to the Cups. So uh, seeing what he's doing now is really exciting if they can keep him in this form and uh, be able to have an uninterrupted campaign. Well, how good can he be and, and what level can we see him get to? So it was a huge step forward, in my opinion, on Friday night to... Uh, really see the best of this horse. We know how good he is, and uh, it was just another step in the right direction. So uh, all credit to Magnificent Storm. He was outstanding. Mm. Leverage Joe back in action tomorrow night. Uh, will he just dominate from that draw? Well, he can do. Um, he's only gone two minutes in the trials, and he should be able to lead. It just all depends on... Uh, his fitness, he's been away from the track for a long time. He's probably going to be pretty short in the market, but uh, horses like Typhoon Banner are going really well, um, as well as Caveman. Regazzo Mac's got a wonderful turn of foot. I actually think Regazzo Mac is a really good chance in this race just because he will have to be driven pretty cold. Um, so, yeah, I think Labrador Joe, he, he will deserve to have favouritism. But if he gets beaten, I don't think it's the end of the world because he he will take a few runs to really hit his straps. Okay, we'll, we'll watch with interest there. Where do we find your best bet tomorrow night? Uh, we go early, race two, number one, Roca Rico, who has uh, got really good form since entering the stables of Jocelyn Young. He's got brilliant gate speed, should lead. And uh, on the run that we saw on Pinjarra Monday, I think that he will be winning. So race two, number one, Roca Rico to win. Okay, nice and early there. Race two, number one, Roca Rico, lead all of the way. Matty, we've got to go, but uh, look forward to the chat again next week. We'll recap uh, Labrijo and that free-for-all jumping Jack Mack and Chicago Bulls going head-to-head -head again. Cheers, guys. Thank you.